It's time for To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington, a power hour of all things Southern Miss. For questions or comments, call 601-261-0898 or pound 981 for C Spire customers. Now we go live to the studio with Jamie. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. I am your host, Jamie Arrington. Done. Here with your weekly break from all of the high resource five propaganda out there in the mainstream sports media. And there's been a lot of high resource five propaganda in the mainstream sports media this week. I say mainstream, mainly just one article out of uh, Lexington caught everybody's eye. In with me in the studio, as always, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend Jason Bailey. Greetings, friend. How are you? I've been better, man. You've you got sound it. a little under the weather. Yeah, I've been fighting it all week, and you know the good thing just... is I'm I'm a little under the weather, but I'm starting to get that deep voice like Jamie. Oh, there you go. I got the pipes. You got the pipes. Cha cha cha. No, yeah, we've been fighting all. This is the main thing is just to get well before the weekend. I mean, you want to get well for your day job that pays you, which you know I haven't missed a beat. You know, I, but you want to be ready for Saturday. I need so you my get voice to be it. in game shape for Saturday. Oh, I'm gonna lose it. And dude. then Sunday, it's just Sunday. There definitely will not be a podcast because I'm pretty sure I won't be able to talk. Uh, I'm Sunday. worried about my stamina. I'm worried about everything. So we got to get ready. If anybody wants to give me a uh, vitamin C, I don't even know. I've already been to the doctor, and it's 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 gradually happening. I, I can give you some tips on stamina. Oh, boy. There we go. All right, so the big news this week uh, outside of, you know, what we got going on, Hurricane Harvey devastated uh, the Texas coast, even as, you know, tropical storm and inland. I mean, thoughts, prayers, positive vibes, nothing but peace to uh, everybody over there that's suffering through this and all their loved ones. That uh, tropical storm has kind of made its way in our direction, and today there were tornadoes all over the Pine Belt. If you were in the Pine Belt area, I mean, every direction uh, of Hattie, you know, every direction away from Hattiesburg, there was a tornado. I mean, they had one at Petal, they had one down in Purvis, they had one down, I think, near Carnes. You had one north of it up in East Abuchi. Loosedale. Loosedale had one. Gaucher. I mean, uh, yeah, so that, I mean, it was all over today. So um, hopefully this is going to pass on through. Looking at the weather forecast, both I check Weather Underground. I check the Weather Channel. They've got it partly cloudy. Um, both of them either a high of eighty-eight or eighty-nine. Twenty percent chance of rain. Seventy percent humidity. So it's looking like it's going to be a nice day at the Rock. I kind of wish it was a little hotter just for our uh, competition coming to town. But uh, it's going to be incredibly humid and sticky and icky. And uh, but hey, it's going to be a great time being back at the Rock. I, I I'm already looking forward to. Um just seeing all the, the flags on the cars. I tweeted something out about it earlier today. I really do. I want to drive up and down Hardy, just see nothing but flags waving off off of cars. You know, I've already seen some Kentucky people around. I saw them down near uh, D'Iberville this week one time. They almost ran me off the road because they don't know how to read a GPS, I guess. But <laughs> um, they're coming. They're around here. Uh, and, you know, we've been talking up the rock, and we've been there a million times, but I really want those Kentucky guys to get the true feel of the of the rock, and we got to make that happen. Well, everybody – Come out. Weather's no excuse this time around. It's going to be a great time. Wear your gold. Put on your gold. In, in case you didn't know, you wear gold every game except for the blackout, which is against UAB on October 28th. So if you're new to this, that's why we wear gold. Wear your gold out this Saturday. Friday, they're bringing back the football Friday luncheon right. every Friday before home games at Mugshots, 1130 a.m. to 1 p.m. They always have coaches and players speaking at that. So if you're in the Hattiesburg area or if you're coming to town, that's always a great a great way to kind of get your weekend kicked off um a few things real quick we're coming up on a break but a few things you need to be aware of if you're coming to the game there's a new clear bag policy you can look at it on the website you're allowed one clear plastic bag no larger than 12 by 6 by 12 or a one gallon resealable plastic storage bag so that means things like purses um diaper bags women can bring in a small clutch purse not to exceed 4.5 by 6.5 inches which is about the size of you know, maybe a palm in your hand, you can get clear bags at Barnes and Nobles on campus or at the campus bookmark. Also, there's a new golf cart policy. Golf carts are restricted three hours prior to kickoff. So they're going to have barriers up. You know, if you don't have a parking pass, they're pretty much going to treat it like a vehicle. You got to abide by the rules of the road. You can't be up driving on the sidewalks. Um, 
only licensed drivers. You got to have insurance, tag, and proper equipment. Those two things are things that haven't happened in the past. The clear bag policy has been around in the NFL for several years. The golf cart policy, uh, it's there's been too many instances where something could have happened, and it's mainly I think it's just a liability thing. Uh, I know that they've had some people complain. So those things you, you definitely want to be aware of. Start setting up cam- uh, tailgate. You can set up starting 12 p.m. the day before a home game. You got to be picked up by 12 the following day. Uh, spots are on a first come, first serve basis. So, bump, we got to get out there and get get after it and ready to go. All right. So, we're going to be talking about uh, Kentucky as well as uh, Southern Miss football, where they sit right now. Our guest after the break from the Hattiesburg American is going to be Jason Munns. Come back to us. Welcome back to To The Top Talk. Sitting here in studio with Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Now, my guest today, I'm a big fan of this guy. And as you're going to hear later on, there are certain writers around the country that I may not have as much respect for, but I'm really, really glad we've got this guy here at Southern Miss. You know him, you love him, you read his articles, he does an amazing job, very, very knowledgeable guy. From the Hattiesburg American Southern Miss Beat writer, Jason Munns. All right, so Jason, what are your impressions of this Southern Miss football team coming out of fall camp? Um, I think I think they are um, a a pretty balanced team. I think that's really the overriding you know trait that I've noticed from this football team. Uh, you know, defense I think is is much improved. I mean, it's it feels weird to say. It feels weird to say that that the team that was 15th in the country in in total defense last season is much improved, but you know we we all know how how numbers can be deceiving just because we watched Southern Miss defense Southern Miss's defense play last season. I mean, you know it's 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 no you know no offense to them or anything, but if you're 15th in the country in in total defense, you should you should not give up 25 points per game, and they did. Um, you know now a lot of that was you know, sort of predicated on, on the imbalance of turnovers. The, the offense was turning it over too much and the defense wasn't taking it away enough. And I think that, that skewed the numbers a little bit. And then on top of it, you, you throw in there the, the issues on the kickoff team. Uh, you know, I think I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know Southern Miss was, you know, it, it had its issues getting, you know, sort of pinning the other team deep, which uh, sets, sets the defense up kind of behind the eight ball uh, fairly early on. You know, when you look at the big picture, um, you, you may not see it if you look at each individual game, but if you, if you take, you know, six or eight game uh, set and, and you look at the way the kickoff, you know, the issues on kickoffs, you know, you, you look at the effect that that had on the defense, you kind of see it then. So over the course of the whole season, it, it reared its head a little bit. So, but I do think that the defense is is much better. Um, a lot of it's going to be because they're better. They're going to be better on kickoffs, I think. Southern Miss will, and so I think that's definitely going to help the defense. And I think, you know, I I, I think it, I don't think that Southern Miss was last season was necessarily bad in terms of taking the ball away, but. It just, I think that sometimes it's just the way it goes. The law of averages sort of has a way of, uh, a way of, of getting you sometimes. And, uh, you know, I, I guess if you're a Southern Miss fan, you're keeping your fingers crossed that, that it'll balance out this year and you'll, you know, they'll create a lot more turnovers than they did a season ago. So, um, but, but overall, uh, coming out of fall camp, I, I do like the balance that this team has. They've got a lot of depth on, on offense at the skill positions, wide receiver and running back. And, uh, they are certainly going to need it, but um, you know, given that and given the fact that the defense, I think, is going to be much improved, uh, I think I think you're going to I think Southern Miss is going to have a balanced football team this season. Well, let's start with the kickoffs, shall we? Uh, sure. <laughs> you, you mentioned us have been doing a better job on kickoffs, and I know there were some injuries last season, but it seems like uh, a new addition to the team, uh, Briggs Bourgeois, is going to be taking over on the kickoff duties. 
Briggs Bourgeois. Yes, I, I can't imagine that the internal PA at, at The Rock is going <laughs> to... I can't imagine they're not going to have fun with, with that one uh, every chance they get. But uh, but yeah, no, he he very strong leg for a young guy, uh, very strong leg for, for any guy, really, uh, no matter what experience level they're at. But yeah, he's come in and really shown um, an ability to drive the ball um, into the end zone consistently on kickoffs and you know, not only that, but I've noticed his hang time on kickoffs is really, um, you know, if you notice it, in my opinion, if you notice something as, as small as that, then it, then it must be good. Uh, or it's either really good or really bad, I guess. But I've noticed it and, and, and I think it's pretty good. Uh, you know, it, it gives, it's going to give the team a chance for, you know, to the coverage team to get down there and, and uh, and do its best to to keep the other team uh, penned back as far as they can if they bring it out of the end zone at all, you know, which which may or may not be the case depending on uh, depending on how far he get how deep he gets into the end zone. But he's got a very strong leg, and you know, I know I, even Coach Hobson said I, I can't remember if it was at the Monday press conference or or when it was, but he said that you know he's running right behind Parker Schoenfield on on field goals and that both of them uh, this past weekend at the scrimmage hit from 57. Now I know that that's a little bit different uh, than, you know, on game day when the pressure's kind of on a little, you know, a little bit more, but, uh, but that, that bodes well for Southern Miss special teams. When you got a guy who can put the ball in the end zone as, as consistently as Briggs has. And, um, and then on top of it, you know, you've got two kickers who can, who can nail from 57. That's, that's pretty strong. Let's move to offense. The big question on everybody's mind since December was who's going to start at quarterback. Update us a little bit on the status of where you think the quarterback position sits right now. The quarterback position, no matter what, whether it's a, a competition, whether it's, you know, whether, you, you know, if you go into a season like last year and you know for a fact that it's going to be Nick Mullins or, or whoever it's going to be, that's always the, the, the most talked about. You know that's always a common theme uh, in the preseason, and uh, and this year is no different. It's uh, it's it's pretty much down to Keon Howard and Quadre Griggs. I think they're going to do their dead level best to redshirt Marcelo Rodriguez, which I think is is the right move. Um, as talented as he is, as much as he's shown throughout uh, training camp, you know he he has looked very very good, and I think Southern Miss fans all be excited about him for the future. But I don't think he's quite ready. I think he's probably more ready than Keon Howard was at this time last year, but um, I, I still don't think he's quite ready to uh, to jump into the fire. Uh, so that leaves Quadre Griggs and Keon Howard. You know, I, I literally just uh, walked off the field with Coach Hobson and we were talking about it. He was just saying the same thing that he said on Monday, that Quadre, when, when he missed that week of practice uh, a couple of weeks ago um, with his finger injury, that really kind of you know, set their timetable back for for naming a for naming a starting quarterback. They probably they wanted to probably have somebody in mind by now, but you know, things happen and they've had to sort of readjust their readjust their time frame and and so, you know, just, just out of fairness to everybody, make sure everybody gets uh every every last opportunity that they that they possibly can to convince the coaches that they're the guy and um, so they're gonna they're gonna let it play out for you know all the way up until game game time uh, is is kind of the impression that I'm getting. So uh, I, I think that uh, it's it's gonna be a good old fashioned good old fashioned mystery right up until uh, right up until kickoff. Do you think that hand injury is is still lingering any with Griggs? Yeah, I do, but I don't think it's serious. Um, I mean, because he's he's out there making the throws. I don't think he's in any pain, really. Uh, I just think it's a, it's an annoyance more than anything else. You know, he's he's his it's the right uh, it's the right middle finger, it's the, the the bird finger there on his on his throwing hand, and you know it's been sort of taped up uh, ever since he sat ever since he had to sit out and and but but it doesn't look like it's it's bothering him other than just sort of a minor annoyance like i said and 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 i think uh you know if anything it's just it's just sort of thrown him off kilter just slightly i don't think it's anything that will 
um, hamper him long term. I don't think it's anything that will keep him from making the throws. Because, uh, like I said, he's he's out there with his finger wrapped and he's still making the throws. But uh, you know, deep, short, intermediate, he's he's still making all the throws. It's just they're they're probably not quite as crisp as they should be or as they normally are with him. Uh, just because you know you've got that that wrap on your finger, but uh, so no, I don't I don't think it's going to be anything major. I don't think it's going to keep him from playing. I just think it's something that's a little bit. You know, it's going to be kind of annoying for for him for a little while. Well, whoever the quarterback is, they certainly have a number of weapons to work with. I mean, probably the most depth we've had at the wide receiver position for quite some time, and you still have a lot of strength at tight end and running back. Uh, how have these skill position players looked in fall camp? Very, very good. I think this is probably the most depth at receiver that Southern Miss has had probably since 2011, 2010, 2011, when you had guys like Ryan Ballantyne, Kevin, Kelvin Bolden, uh, uh, Quentin Pierce, uh, I guess DeAndre Brown was still, was still around at that time. You know, Tracy Lampley was kind of considered a, a receiver there for, for, uh, at, at times. And so, uh, so yeah, no, Southern Miss is, I think aside from the defensive line, I think aside from the defensive line, Southern Miss is, is its deepest uh, position group is probably wide receiver. They go, you know they go they go eight or nine deep, and all eight or nine of those guys uh, are starting quality guys. And so I think Southern Miss, you know, it, it's almost like you wish you could have had it last year, had this depth last year, we had a settled quarterback situation. You know, uh, I, you know, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, you know, kind of a slap in the face to have this much talent at wide receiver and have a have a quarterback situation that's not quite as uh, certain as it has been the past few years for Southern Miss. But, uh, but no, I think those quarterback those those receivers are going to make whoever's at quarterback. I think it's going to make that quarterback's job a lot easier, and and so too will the will the running backs. You know, when you start with Edo Smith, that's that's one heck of a place to start, and we don't need to to really go into too much detail about how good he is. Everybody knows it. Behind him, you got Tez Parks, who's probably as close to 100% health-wise as he's ever been since he got to Southern Miss. And, he, and he's really dedicated his whole offseason to becoming the best player he can. And it's and it's showing. I mean, he's he's doing some really good things in, in the run game and also as a pass-catching option. He's improved a lot there. Then you go down the line, you got T-Rod Daniels, uh, who, who I know you know well. You know he's he's given Southern Miss an element of you know a, a level of speed that they haven't had in quite some time. I don't know if it would be fun to see if he could outrun Tra- him and put him and Lamp together out there and see if they could uh, when Lamp was here <laughs> in his prime see see what kind of foot race that would be. Uh, that that would certainly be fun to fun to watch and worth the price of admission. But um, you know he's that type of guy. He's a home run threat every time he gets the ball in his hands and. You know, when you can go when you can go three or four guys deep at the running back position and not have that much fall off, again, that's gonna make the quarterback's job a whole heck of a lot easier and and, and that's a good year. This is a good year for that. And I'm one thing I'm really curious about on both sides of the ball, but particularly offense, is the influx of speed. You got guys like to Roderick Daniels, Jalen Adams, Quez Watkins. Is is Southern Miss gonna be a much faster team this year? They are. Uh and, and not to mention the quarterback position. I mean, nothing against Nick Mullins, but Quadre Griggs and, and Keon Howard are uh, a lot more mobile and, and a lot faster than uh, than Nick Mullins ever was. And so you, you've got that. You know, it all starts with the quarterback, and so so you've got that. Um, you know, you've added a lot more speed there. And then, yeah, I mean, on top of Edo Smith, on top of Tez Parks, on top of Alan Zay Staggers, uh, Isaiah Jones, uh, Corey Robertson, all fast guys. You throw in Quez Watkins, who's who's probably one of the faster receivers that Southern Miss has. You throw in Jalen Adams, uh, who who looks like he's gonna, you know, if you'd asked me three weeks ago if he was gonna play, I I wouldn't have been able to tell you one way or the other. But I can tell you with with a pretty sure certainty that he's gonna contribute this year um, now, and he's he's that's probably one of his best attributes, his speed. Um, you mentioned T. Rod. He's 
he's, you know, we just got finished talking about how fast he is. Uh, so yeah, it's Southern Miss is going to be speed is going to, to be, um, you know, really probably the strength of the offense overall. Uh, they're going to, they're going to be able to stretch the field in the passing game and they are going to be able to Southern Miss is definitely going to be able to, uh, stretch it vertically and horizontally. You know, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's not going to be fun for opposing defenses to have to, to have to keep up with Southern Miss, especially, you know, a lot of the games that Southern Miss is playing in, in September and October are either in Hattiesburg or, you know, in the South. And so, uh, you know, that heat is not going to be fun for, for anybody to have to deal with when you throw that much speed at, at, at the opposing defense. Probably the biggest question mark on the team right now would have to be the offensive line. How have they progressed, and are they starting to gel a little bit? Is that are those positions starting to shape out? That is that is the biggest question mark, no doubt about it. Um, but I, I don't. It's more about the depth. The starting five, I have no issue with. Uh, Devin Ferrier at center, um, Arvin Fletcher at left guard. You've got Jerry Harris at right guard, Todd Pollard at left tackle and Drake Dorbeck at right tackle. Now, you can look at guys like Arvin Fletcher and Drake Dorbeck and say they don't have very much experience, which is true. But Devin Fer- having guys like Devin Ferrier and Jerry Harris, who are, who are both in their fifth year, and, and Ty Pollard, who, who's going to be in his third year, and he's uh, you know, a redshirt sophomore. He was an all-freshman performer last year. Having guys like those, are, those guys around uh, the Arvin Fletchers and the Drake Dorbacks is certainly going to help. Um, so I'm not, I'm, and, and, and on top of that, Arvin Fletcher and Drake Dorbeck are both very good offensive linemen. So I'm not worried about, uh, the first string. It's really more about the depth of the offensive line that I'm, that, that I would be concerned with, uh, you know, and, and not only, you know, and, and it's not because they're not talented beyond those, those starting five. It's more just simply, uh, an issue with experience, you know, I, and, and I know it sounds funny. I just said that, you know, the fact that Arvin and Drake don't have much experience doesn't mean a whole lot, but when you have guys, when, when you have guys who've never, you know, who's very few who have played a snap beyond high school and you put them all together um, on the same offensive line. Now I know it'll, ne- I know it'll never come to that unless something catastrophic happens, but, uh, you know, you're talking about guys like Hayden Sturdivant, who's a red shirt. I mean, a, a walk on, uh, true freshman. Paul Gaynor, true freshman. Bryce Foxworth, true freshman. Woodlison Alcius, true freshman. Those guys are kind of making up your, your second team, uh, along with, uh, fifth year senior Tyler Stutzman. That's, that's your second team offensive line. And that's, that would be that that would be a concern for me if I was a coach or a player or a, um, or a fan. Uh, so, you know, we, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, it's going to be trial by fire if if anything ever happens injury wise to uh, some of those, you know, any one of those first five guys. Um, they'll be able to. I think they'll be able. Southern Miss will be able to withstand maybe an injury or two, but. If you start getting significant injuries to more than a guy, you know, more than one or two guys, then then there could be problems. Um, just because, again, you know, there may not be problems. We just don't know yet. So uh, I guess the best thing to do is keep your fingers crossed for Southern Miss fan. Well, moving on to the defense, you mentioned that the defense would be better. And, and just off of my observations and the chatter I've heard, it seems like, you know, they're bigger up front, they're faster at linebacker, and they've got the experience in the secondary. Is that kind of how you feel about things? That is, that's, that's said better than I ever could have, Jamie. Oh, that was, that was a really <laughs> astute assessment on your part. Uh, uh, I'm trying to no, do better yeah. at this. <laughs> Well, you don't have far to go. That's you're 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 very far along, I think, as as far as that goes. But uh, uh, but I digress. Um, no, <laughs> so, Southern Miss uh, is going to be bigger on the defensive front, and not only that, they're also going to have a lot more depth. And um, I've actually uh, got a story, uh, written a story about that, where you know size and size and depth is something that Southern Miss didn't have hardly any of last season. And then you turn around and it's, and it's basically, they've done a 180 um, 
along the defensive line as far as size and depth are concerned. I mean, Coach Hobson said at his Monday press conference that he's got 10 guys he feels comfortable calling starters. You know, of course, you can only start three or four, but but he's got 10 guys he thinks that, that could have a start or more than one start by the end of the season um, just because they're also – you know, also so good and so valuable to to what they're trying to do, and and that's important. Uh, you know, he also mentioned that defensive line is really the the most important position on the field to have depth, probably outside of quarterback, because there there's there's such high intensity uh, players just by 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 nature. I mean, that's the that's the nature of the position. You have to go hard, you know, as hard as you can every single play. And to to ask five or six guys to go, you know, to play the bulk of 80 snaps in a game is pretty unrealistic. And that's what they had to do last year. You know, they really only played six or seven guys on the defensive line last year. And uh, until Draper Riley came back against LSU, the heaviest guy was around 265. You know, now you've got Draper Riley, who's healthy. He's at 305. Delmon Landry's the same way. Uh, at 305, you've got Demario Smith, Derek Dixon. You know those guys are kind of in the 280, 275, 280 range. Uh, you know Darian Yancey's up around 260. Um, trying to think off the top of my head, some of the other guys. Rod Creighton. Uh, obviously, Rod Creighton is around 285, um, which is good for him. He was he was playing around or he's played around 315, 320 his entire career, and just hasn't been able to carry that weight very well and throughout training camp now that he's down around 285 290 he looks like a different player i mean it's almost like they went out and got a fifth year graduate transfer uh just kind of out of nowhere out of the blue and i mean his motor is high his attitude is great uh i mean he's really transformed his body and his attitude to become a very key part of what of what they're trying to do on the defensive line so uh, you know, it's like, you know, you had this guy who's been in the system for four years, you know, up to this point. Well, now, you know, you've got a guy who's significantly better than he was, up, you know, prior to now. So, you know, I, I do think that, uh, that the defensive line is going to be a lot better, and I think that's going to make the defense better as a whole. Uh, you know, talking about linebacker, they're a lot faster there. They moved Walter Davis uh, from safety to linebacker. And they like him a lot uh, there. Rakeem Booth is another one who brings a lot of speed to that position. Sherrod Ruff and Jeremy Sankster are kind of the uh, the Mike linebackers, the middle linebackers who are the bigger of the of the group, the bigger ones of the group. But even they're not all that big. They you know they're 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 speedy guys. And then you know on the third team you're looking at Santrell Latham and T.J. McGinnis, uh, who you, you you hope you don't have to play them a whole lot just because they're still quite young and still trying to grasp everything. Uh, but if if you need them, they're there. And then the secondary, I mean, what else can you say about a secondary with nine seniors? <laughs> yeah, that's 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 you don't often get that, and it's going to be good this year. It's not going to be so great next year when you lose them all. But uh, you know, Tavarius Moore is 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 creating a lot of buzz. Back at safety, Cornell Armstrong, Curtis Michael on the corners. Um, you know, we know everybody knows about those two guys, and so uh, defense defense is definitely going to, um, I think, give most teams fits this year. Do you do you expect the uh, turnovers? Do you expect the defense to get a few more of those this season? I do, um, because again, I just think the law of averages is going to is going to help balance things out. I think what I can't remember off the top of my head exactly how many turnovers they created last year, but it was something silly like six or seven maybe over the course of 13 games, which is just, that's, that doesn't happen very often. Um, and so I just think that, you know, the more, the more opportunities you, you have uh, with experienced guys out there, the more, you know, the more it's gonna it's gonna pay off in the end. The guys like Casa Nelson, Kelsey Douglas, Gomez Applewhite, you know, these are all seniors. Uh, not to mention Demetrius Market, who's a youngster who showed a lot last year, who they're gonna lean on pretty good this year. Trey Collins is another senior. Uh they do like uh Ray Sean Mitchell a lot. Um the young corner who redshirted last year is a freshman. 
uh, redshirt freshman this season. I think when you are as good as Southern Miss is going to be up front on defense, that's going to create sort of a ripple effect. I mean, the more pressure you get on the quarterback, the more bad decisions he's going to make. The more uh, penetration you get into the backfield when the when the opposition you know hands the ball off, the more you know the better chances you you have of of just causing disruption and, and which which oftentimes leads to turnovers. So yeah, I think Southern Miss may actually pull like a 180 and and do like a worst to first type of deal. I'm not saying they're going to lead the nation in turnovers or anything like that, but I think I think top 25 in the country in, in turnovers created is certainly not a stretch by any by any uh, you know by any sense of the word. We started off talking about kickoffs. So, you know, field position is going to be key. It seems like they're putting a lot of their uh, speed and a lot of their savvy ball carriers back there on uh, kick returns and punt returns. Yeah, yeah, they are. You know, you've got Alan Ray Staggers, who's, who's listed as the number one on punt returns, and he did really well with that last year. I think well, he returned one for, for a touchdown, I guess, against Savannah State and and did well. Uh, there most of the rest of the year, and I think they like him there. But um, on kickoffs, you're talking about Tez Parks and T. Rod Daniels. I believe those are the ones. I don't have the depth chart in front of me, but I believe those are the ones that are listed as starters yes. on kickoff return. And so, yeah, you know, those are guys who are used to, you know, those are both running backs, guys that are used to following blocks, following blockers. Um, you know, sort of letting the letting the field set up in front of them before they, you know, before they make a cut and, and do their thing. Uh, I, again, I can't stress enough how much of an impact I think Kira Daniels um, speed is going to have on this football team. I think he's going to get his, I think he's going to get his shots on offense in the backfield uh, here and there this season. But I think his impact is probably going to be greater on special teams with field position and, and just that home run threat, you know, he's such a, I guess, relatively speaking, he's such a small guy that on kickoffs, he's going to be that guy that sort of gets lost or, or has a chance to get lost in all the chaos that's going on, uh, you know, on the field. It's going to, it's not going to be easy for the defenders to, uh, to locate him if he's got the ball in his hands. And, and so I think, uh, no, I, I just think he brings, he brings a, uh, a very dynamic um, element to the team, and a lot of it's going to a lot of it's going to show up on special teams. What do you know about this Kentucky Wildcat football team? Well, I know their secondary is going to be good again. Uh, their secondary was highly talented last last season and and played well. I think they intercepted Nick Mullins three times. And so I, I do expect that to, I don't expect that to change. I, I think they're going to be very good um, in the secondary, uh, just like they were last year, again this year. And, you know, I don't know, I, you know, Southern Miss had to sort of lean on Edith Smith last year. He rushed for 173 yards, uh, and, and George Payne um, rushed for over 100 yards. So you may see that again. You may see Southern Miss have to, uh, have to, you know, do do more running than they're than they're used to, or than they uh, than they would like to against Kentucky, just to sort of stay away from stay away from that Kentucky secondary. But but you know, we'll see we'll see how that plays out on offense. Uh, they're basically night and day compared to what they were last year. You know, Boom Williams and JoJo Kemp were sort of those uh, smaller slasher type uh, all-purpose backs. Uh, that they that they had and they had Drew Barker quarterback. Well, Jojo Kemp and and Boom Williams are gone, and, and Drew Barker's on the bench. You got Stephen Johnson at quarterback, and Benny Snell is now their their running back. And you know Snell is Snell is not anywhere close to what Boom Williams and Jojo Kemp were. Uh, he is a bruiser in every sense of the term. You know he's he's that guy who doesn't go down on first contact. Sometimes doesn't go down on second. Contact and a lot of times, you know, there are, there are going to be times where he doesn't go down on third on third contact. Uh, he, he's definitely your prototypical physical 
you know, running back that you that you see more, you know, more often in the NFL. You know, he's he's got that, and he's just a sophomore. I mean, he only played in something like ten of their thirteen games last year, and still rushed for over a thousand yards. They really turned into a a much more running football team, and I expect that to be the case uh, this season. You know, especially when they lost they lost Dorian Baker for the year, who is probably their top returning receiver. Uh, and, and one of the receivers they had, I can't remember his name um, right offhand, but one of the receivers they had last season, Jeff Bedette, yeah, transferred to Oklahoma. Uh, he, he transferred to Oklahoma. So, you know, the complexion of their offense has changed dramatically in the span of 365 days. So they're going to look a lot different than what Southern Miss fans saw last year, what, what the Southern Miss team saw last year. And, uh, you know, at, at least on offense. Defensively, I think they're still going to be somewhat you know, somewhat familiar uh, to to Southern Miss, but offensively, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be it's going to be that downhill running, that sort of smash mouth football that uh, that not many teams employ anymore. I don't know how you feel about predictions, but do you? How do you see this game playing out on Saturday? You know, I I don't have a problem with predictions normally. Um, that is something that I just generally don't shy away from. But given the fact that Kentucky is so different offensively, you know, I've not seen them play uh, with my own two eyes with Benny Snell at running back and um, Steven Johnson at quarterback. And I've also not seen what – I don't know what Southern Miss is planning to do at quarterback, uh, whether it's going to be Keon Howard or Quadre Griggs. Uh, I've not seen – there's a lot of – you know, there's a lot of stuff that I don't know about Southern Miss as far as games are concerned. I've not seen how Arvin Fletcher is going to play in a game. I've not seen, you know, how Drake Dorbeck's going to handle left tackle. You know, he 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 was playing, I think, right guard or or, or maybe left guard. Um, you know, he was kind of the back one of the backup guards before now. And uh, so, I just think there are too many unknowns. Uh, going into this game to be able to make an accurate prediction. I'll give you one if you want it. It's not going to be right, but I'll give it to you. Sure. <laughs> you yeah, okay, what, what you got? What you got? Okay. Here's 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 a completely off-the-wall, uneducated opinion about about what's, uh, what's going to happen Saturday. I think, I think it's going to look a lot like last year in the sense that Kentucky's probably going to go into the half up by a score or two, but I think, you know, I just think Southern Miss is going to, their conditioning is going to, is going to show again this season in the second half. You know, that's a lot of the, a lot of the reason why Southern Miss was able to come back is because last season, because Kentucky was just not well conditioned at all. You know, a ton of them going down with cramps and, you know, you could tell, toward the end of the third quarter and in the fourth quarter that they just were gassed. And, I, I you know, I'm, I'm sure they will be better conditioned this year than they were last year, but, you know, this is a different Southern football team that's going to put that speed to use on offense. And if it's a hot day, which we don't know yet what it's going to be, it may be raining a little bit, it may be overcast, but it also may, you know, it's South Mississippi, the forecast can change at the drop of a hat. So it, it could be, you know, it could be 85 and cloudy, or it could be 105 and scorching hot. You know, and if that's the case, uh, if it's if it turns out to be a muggy a muggy day, then then I uh, you know then I pity I pity Kentucky because you know again they they weren't conditioned well enough for last season's game, and that was played in Kentucky. You know, I I, I just I think Southern Miss's uh, conditioning is going to pay off. And I think they, uh, I think it'll probably come down to a last-second field goal, and Southern Miss, Southern Miss will win by a point or two. How do you see this season playing out for the Golden Eagles? Before training camp or before the off-season, I was telling people that I think this season would look a lot like last year, somewhere in the neighborhood of seven and six. There's probably going to be a stretch where, you know, where the Golden Eagles struggle pretty bad, and a lot of people are going to start, you know, kind of writing them off and. You know, forgetting about them in a sense, uh, kind of like last year. But I'm not so sure about that anymore. I don't. I'm not going to sit here and say that I think Southern Miss is going to go ten and two or something like that. 
and get to a, a nice bowl game. But I don't think I don't think eight and four is out of the question anymore. And I think probably best case scenario, uh, regular season you're looking at nine and three. That's probably best case, and uh, and and somewhat unlikely. Um, a lot more unlikely than I think eight and four is. But um, I don't think seven and five is going to be, you know, or six and six, seven and five is going to be where they are. I think they're going to be a little bit better than that this year. As long as they stay healthy, you know, if they can stay healthy, I think uh, seven and five, eight and four is definitely attainable. There you have it. Jason Munns from the Hattiesburg American picking Southern Miss to win the game this Saturday against the Kentucky Wildcats. Now, if you want to hear that interview in its entirety, it will be up later tonight on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. It's a good 30-minute interview. We get into the ins and outs of the team as far as, you know, the different positions. We get in the ins and outs of, you know, how they're progressing in fall camp. So it's going to be a really, really good – if you're a Southern Miss fan and you want to know about what's going on with the football team – I suggest listening to that podcast later tonight. Search for To The Top Talk on iTunes, Google Play, et cetera, et cetera. All right, so when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, Southern Miss versus Kentucky, the ins and outs of the game, and we're going to talk about disrespect and excuses. Come right back to us right here on To The Top Talk. We are back. Welcome back to, to the Top Talk, talking Southern Miss sports here with my co-pilot, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey, ready to get up and at him with a tailgate this weekend. Now, one of the things I hate about playing teams from the SEC is the arrogance and the ignorance and the disrespect that comes. And there's just the, the, there's just this sense of entitlement that comes from these people. And I just don't get it. So, and I don't take bulletin board material seriously. If you're a player and you need an article to get motivated to play a college football game, you, you shouldn't be playing in the first place. But this, this cat from, uh, from Lexington, from the courier, courier journal, actually, I think that may be in Louisville. I can't remember. I don't know. I don't know where this paper is at somewhere in Kentucky. The guy's name is Fletcher page. Now look at this dude. I mean, he looks, <laughs> he looks like he should be carrying a tiki torch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. I mean, well, if you look at him, honestly, he looks like he's just run over a protester. He does. He looks like he would be out there marching in Virginia. Virginia. He looks like if Geppetto wished Beaker from the Muppets into a real boy. <laughs> look at that hair. Beaker. Beaker. So this is what this Cats article says, all right? And this dude is a writer. I don't know his credentials. I don't really care. Um, but I don't repeat, appreciate the disrespect. I got plenty of respect for the Kentucky Wildcats, man. I got a lot of family from up there. You know, like I said last week, we usually cheer for you guys because you take on the, the teams in our area and we want you to kind of pull it out. Right. And being a New, a New Orleans Pelicans fan, uh, you're pretty much our farm team. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I've got nothing but, but respect for Kentucky. I hope you guys win the rest of the games this year. But, like, some of the stuff I'm seeing out there – uh, not even from necessarily fans, just folks in the media, just like they're just writing this game off like it's something to do. Uh, I, I like to quote the great philosopher Larry Fedora when I say they don't know. They don't know. All right. So this is what the, so cut through all that. This is what this dude's article, okay? It's called, the title of this article is called Kentucky Football versus Southern Miss, more like UK versus UK. Basically saying UK uh, beat themselves last year, not wanting to give anybody any credit. Here's some quotes from this from this article. Southeastern Conference football teams do not lose to Conference USA teams. Not at home, not after building a 35-10 to 10 lead, yada, yada, yada. Well, here's a fun fact for you, Fletcher. The SEC school with the most losses to teams while they were in Conference USA, Kentucky. The Wildcats are 5-8 and eight versus Conference USA since it was founded in 1996. So your your Wildcats have lost 61% of the time when they've taken on a team that was actually in Conference USA. So Southeastern Conference football teams do lose to Conference USA teams. Yeah, and I can't, I can't wait you to guys are the bell cow. You guys are the bell cow for that one. Yeah. Because you know, there's going to be some sort of spin. 
Oh, with dude, him. they's well, well, hold on. Well, hey, wait, they, yeah, I mean, oh. they're not in Conference USA anymore. Well, you know, they're not anymore. I mean, yeah, it was raining. You know, that I mean, day. oh yeah, uh, it was too sunny that day. Quarterback fell down and uh, his uterus fell out. I don't know. <laughs> but here's another fun fact for you: there, Fletch. Ten of the 14 teams in the Southeastern Conference have lost to Conference USA teams while they were in the SEC and while those teams were in Conference USA. So 10 out of the 14 teams in your conference have lost to Conference USA teams at some point. So you can leave the arrogance and the ignorance at the door, my friend. Let's keep going. This is another quote from the article. How did Kentucky lose to Southern Mississippi 44-35 to in the season opener at Commonwealth Stadium last September? Seriously, in nine years after a decade has passed and our minds can comprehend what our eyes are reading, I want my UK beat party writer John Hale to interview all the people that played or watched or ever tried to figure out that game in an oral history attempt to explain. That loss led us to say ridiculous things like the offense did too well, scored too fast. The defense only had gas for one half, apparently. And perhaps the biggest mystery, how did Southern Miss, a Southern Miss offense called by Shannon Dawson rush for 262 yards? One of those sentences is the more unbelievable than the others. Take your pick and you're right. It's all true. And every bit reads like fiction. No, we went up there and we handled our business. And, and there's just this, I, I can't handle this. When, when, if you're a fan of the SEC or you're a, a writer from the SEC, arrogance always fuels ignorance. You always think you're too good to be doing this and that, and you always get caught in the chin. And, and I got news for you. I respect Kentucky, but we beat you guys last year. I said, oh, we beat an SEC team. They said, oh, well, it's just Kentucky. Oh, well, you beat Kentucky. You didn't beat an SEC team. That's the kind of stuff we hear down here. Yeah. So uh, before you get up on your high horse, uh, you're – you're pretty much in the same boat we are, my friend. I mean, this is not basketball. This is football. And and I've also seen some things like Grayson, you know, can't believe you're coming to Hattiesburg, gracing us with your presence, stuff like that. Other high-resource five schools to come to Hattiesburg in the past two decades. Nebraska, Oklahoma State, California, NC State, Kansas, Illinois, Mississippi State. And at the time, they were a high-resource high five team, Louisville. So this is nothing special. Right. This is business as usual at the Rock. This is a place that is going is it's it's a tough place to win, and they don't know. You just don't know what you're getting to when you come in here. You want to talk about our programs? Past thirty years, Southern Miss has more wins than UK nineteen times. UK has more wins than USM six times, and we had an even record five times. Now I know. Well, we play in the SEC. You hadn't we hadn't been in Conference USA the past thirty years, man. We we played. We pretty much played a Southeastern Conference schedule during that time. All-time winning percentage, Southern Miss, .581. We're 580 wins, 415 losses, 27 ties. Kentucky, .494. 598 wins, 612 losses, 44 ties. So you got a, you got an all-time losing record. Bowl games, 22. Uh, we've been to 22. You guys have been to 16. We're five. We're both 500 in each of them. You know, you have some more prospects in the NFL. You know, maybe more time being ranked, but numbers don't lie so don't come in here on your high horse thinking you're coming down here and we should bow down or whatever uh this is the rock baby we don't care who you are we're gonna come out and bust you in the chin and i don't know if we're gonna win saturday or not but by the time you leave out of there you're gonna know you're in a fight and dude i was telling you about this earlier every time we play a team like this that you know they don't think we deserve to even be on the field with them i think about one of the worst moments in sport history for me because I was a huge Roy Jones Jr. fan. Roy Jones Jr., undefeated, went up and won the heavyweight title, moved back down to light heavyweight. He took on Antonio Tarver. And Roy won by, I believe it was a split decision or a majority mm-hmm. decision. So the next fight, they come out and they ask, you know, before the fight, they say, you got any questions? And Tarver just says, yeah, I got a question. You got any excuses tonight, Roy? <laughs> And that's kind of how I feel in this situation. It's like, what's your excuses going to be? Because they're going to bring the excuses. I've heard them just, you know, even just backhanded excuses like from last year. Oh, our quarterback hurt his back. Or you guys didn't have to face Benny Snell or Steven Johnson. Well, flip it around. We had a brand new coach, new coordinators. Draper Riley, our biggest defensive lineman, was out. You weren't facing a defensive lineman probably bigger than 265. We had to replace two of the best receivers in USM history and Mike Thomas and Casey Martin. Nobody knew if we were going to have anybody to catch the ball. Our left tackle last year played defensive tackle the year before. That was his first college snap at offensive tackle. The other offensive tackle was a redshirt freshman 
like I said, neither of them taking snaps. So, you know, you want to make excuses, make excuses. But come Saturday, we're settling on the field. Win or lose, we're going to leave it all out there. Uh, and I hope you guys look past us. I really do. But I just want you to know that while we respect the program, uh, we don't appreciate the disrespect. And it can just as easily be returned to you because you're not football royalty, at least not to us. And there's no reason for you to act like you are. Guys, come back to us. We're going to talk more Southern Miss football after the break. All right, welcome back to To The Top Talk. Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey here in studio. I'm going to let you talk a little bit this segment. Yeah, are, 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 are you okay? I'm great. Never <laughs> been better. Actually, I could use probably, I get some of these antibiotics out of my system. I'll be doing a lot better. Uh, so this weekend, uh, Southern Miss home opener, taking on the Kentucky Wildcats. at Saturday, September 2nd at M.M. Roberts Stadium, a.k.a. The Rock. 3 p.m. kickoff time. This will be televised on CBS College. As of right now, the line is Kentucky's favored by 10 points. Day before yesterday, it was 10 and a half. So that line has moved in Southern Miss's favor by half a point. It'll be interesting to see how that shakes out for the rest of the week. Now, some keys to the game. We don't have time to really break down the ins and outs of every matchup. I've got a few I want to key in on, but some of the keys to the game this weekend. I think one of the Keys to Southern Miss winning this game or to Kentucky winning the game is going to be turnovers. Both mm-hmm. of these teams were, you know, some of the worst at turning the ball over last year. And, uh, you know, hopefully we've remedied that and our defense can get in there and take the ball away. Yeah, turnovers and then the uh, the ability of whoever's in at quarterback, you know, how consistent can they be? Uh, and that's, yeah. That's, that's the big thing. I wonder, I wonder, you know, that line's at, at 10 right now. I wonder what that line would be if we had an established quarterback. Yeah, Do you think it would, it would absolutely flip? Like, I've never seen Steven Johnson from, come from Kentucky play. I've read a lot about him. Oh, he's I've good. I know and he's, he's a good player. He, he is good. And, uh, you know, I watched him play, and I was thinking last year, I was like, man, I'm glad we didn't face that guy because he's, he, he did a pretty good job. Now, that being said, Drew Barker was all all world in that first half last year. Right. Or he looked all world. Yeah. You know? Um, so I think that I think it would be even. I think if you have Nick Mullins out here, I think like, last year it was pretty much even. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think so it really, would. I mean, you know, a lot of it comes down to that quarterback play. Now, which team has more weapons? Uh, I mean, at worst, that's even. I mean, I would give the edge to Sutter Miss, uh, but at, at absolute worst, it's even. Like, where, where do you think Kentucky has the the advantage? Uh, well, it's tough to say because I think they, they're better in a lot of places. But again, you know, with it being preseason and not having seen them play, I don't know. I think they're a better team all around. I think they could definitely contend for the East this year. That being said, I think our defense is, is going to be excellent. I don't, I think one of the things that we've missed the past few years is depth on the defensive line. And we've got that. And if you look at the depth chart, uh, and, you know, if you read Jason Munz's articles and he kind of talked about it a little bit, they've got about 10 defensive linemen that we're going to play. But if you look at how it's shaped up this week, they've got Ladarius Harris starting over Xavier, Xavier Thigpen. They've got Delmon Landry at nose tackle, Draper Riley at defensive tackle. So, you know, two of those guys are 300-plus pound guys. That's basically three defensive tackles right up there playing. So you think they're going to go in there with, you know, and go after the size. Kentucky's got some excellent running backs. You start with Benny Snell. He's not really a guy that really took off until after we played him. But uh, bruiser, he's a bruiser. So mm-hmm. Southern Miss seems primed to. And last year, you know, we got to where we started controlling that defensive line just off of speed, not necessarily with size. Mm-hmm. So uh, I feel good about that. I think there's some interesting matchups. Um, Kentucky has some uh, new guys kind of at the at the free state safety position, and I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out with guys like Alan Al- Staggers and um, Jalen Adams in the slot. And I want to see how we use the speed. I mean, you got yes. – there's going to – I mean, it wouldn't shock me if Jalen Adams to Roderick Daniels, um, Alan Zay Stag – well, I said Staggers already, didn't I? Jalen Adams and Quez Watkins right there at the same time. I mean, that's just some ridiculous speed. Um, I think Kentucky's better in a lot of ways. Their offensive line is much better. I don't think they realize how good our defensive line is going to be. Um, they or lost, how deep it is. Or how deep it is. If you, you know, can rotate 10 guys. Me rotating 10 guys. I mean, if you want to. 
Yeah. Uh, that is just, I mean, nobody's ever going to get it tired. Yeah. I mean, know? and they clearly have the edge at quarterback right now, just for the sake of the unknown. I agree. I think their secondary is a little, a little taller than ours, but I think our secondary can hold their own. Hey, and as far as that quarterback thing goes, I know we were talking about it earlier. Yeah. We still don't know who it's going to be yet, but if I was one of those guys at this point, and, and you know, Sutter Miss and Jay, they, they keep them pretty, pretty quiet. Yeah. They, they play things close to the vest. But if I was one of those quarterbacks, they hear us talking. They see the articles. They say, you know, Gonna have to replace Nick Mullins, like the all-time leading passer. Uh, boy, they just gotta manage the game. Basically, I really hope these guys don't mess it up for us. But at some point, that would light a fire under me. You know, I hope it does. So, you know, I, I look for those guys to come out. And honestly, we're setting the bar so low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, you know, they have just they have nowhere to go but up. And I can't wait to watch whoever it is. Which I think it might be Quadra, but whoever it is, I don't care. I hope they go out there with an attitude, with an edge, with a purpose. And uh, get it done. Now we mentioned turnovers is one of the keys to the game. I also had time of possession on here because I think that you know if if it's a situation where our offense can't get moving and our defense is out there on the field, they very easily wear down. But vice versa, if it's Southern Miss controlling the clock, I think this humidity may catch up with the Wildcats and their mm-hmm. conditioning. You heard Jason Munz's opinion. If you've heard the interviews, you heard. Um, Farrier's opinion on that as well. So, but I think the biggest key to the game, the biggest key to the game, points. If we score more points, <laughs> we will win this game. That is tough to argue, and uh, that's where I'm kind of concentrating. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, if we can get out there and just score more points, we got this. And just like we did last year, you know, there's time we didn't have more points than they did, then we came back and we scored more than they did, and we won the game. So when you have more points, you're always going to win. That's how I feel about it. You know, I heard on the interview too where uh, where Munz was talking about the kicking game. Yeah, specifically um, our kickoffs. Yeah, you know, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and leading into field position, like you were talking about. Well, on one of the on one of Freddie's podcasts, I heard they were talking about their punting situation. Their yeah. punter was so bad last year. Kentucky's punter was so bad that they're they think that they're probably going to carry two punters to travel. Yeah, all year. So that might be something you know to keep to keep in mind when you go to the Rock on Saturday. Whenever that punter comes out there, don't go get your popcorn yet. Oh, let's give Freddie a shout out too, man. He's done a great job Freddie covering is the Southern Miss. Guy. I I love that guy. Freddie I'm, is not typical SEC guy. No, Freddie, he's you know. and I mean, and he's honest. I mean, he may yes. he thinks they're going to win, but that's fair. Exactly. I get that. Um, so go check out his articles at Kentucky Sports Radio. He does a great job. All right, come back, guys. We're going to shut it down and we're going to get ready for Saturday at the Rock to the top. All right, welcome back to To The Top Talk. We had one more order of business. Now, back during baseball season, uh, Jason and I, we talked about who kind of our, our player we wanted to see, kind of our breakout player. I had Matt Walner. You had Mason Irby. So Both turned out Both good. turned out great. So who is your breakout player for Southern Miss football this year? I don't know if you call it a breakout player. And those that listen to the show probably know who I'm going to say, but K-Rob. Corey Robertson. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know he's one of a bevy of wide receivers that we have. Um, excellent at high pointing the ball, catching the ball in traffic. Um, so a big body to throw to. He'll be on the outside. Look for number eighteen. I think you know who mine's going to be. Number twenty-eight. Uh, it's, it's it's my boy, to Roderick Daniels, fastest human alive. I want to see how he does out there. I'm really excited of what he brings to the team. I'm excited to see how he's progressed. And I really hope good things happen for this young man. So I, th- I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch at the Rock. Uh, you know, Tracy Lampley was always one of my favorite players. Mm-hmm. And, and I think to Roderick's going to be. I can't wait to watch his speed on Saturday, man. I can't wait to see him. And then I can't wait to see all of them, man. I want to see all, all you guys, man. I can't Let's wait get to hear it. ACDC pumping it. I can't wait to see ACDC. I can't that. wait to talk trash for 60 minutes. I can't wait to have the Ooh. funky gold Medina. Have you, have, you, have you got your speech ready? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. Awesome. All right, let's shut it down real quick. All right, um, special thanks to our guest this week, Jason Munns. You can follow him at Munsley. Hey, shout out to all our Twitter followers out yes. there, man. You keep us you keep us entertained. Thanks for sharing the show. Uh, the listeners are growing. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. You can follow us on Twitter at To The Top Talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. You can follow Jason at Bumper J Bailey. My next comedy show is going to be Thursday, September the 21st, the second annual Roast of Hub City Comedy at Brewski's, one of the best shows we've done last year. Uh, so if you're in the area, 
8 p.m. Brewskies in Hattiesburg going to be a great time. Next week's show, we're going to be talking about Southern Miss versus Kentucky and previewing Southern Miss versus Southern, a game which will confuse the hell out of Mississippi State fans. <laughs> Southern, I hate losing to Southern, y'all. <laughs> Yes. All right, so are you ready, man? You ready for this weekend? I'm I ready. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to get. We're out there making on tailgate plans to get out there to Friday, set up the tents, yeah. put on the gold. I can't wait to see everybody, man. I can't wait to get to Eagle Walk. Uh, I'm focused, motivated, ready to go, dude. This is it's been a long time coming. I'm just glad to be back at the Rock. We could be playing Blue Mountain, you know, Little Sisters of the Poor. Yeah, you know, nah, I don't go is, to watch who we're playing. No, nah, this is coming, coming to, to the Rock, Miss man. Golden Eagles. I can't wait to talk trash for 60 minutes in the end zone. I can't wait for my wife to get mad at me and tell me to shut up. <laughs> be completely hoarse on Sunday. Be completely hoarse on Sunday. Hopefully I'll have the stamina to make it through all this. But um, all football season is great. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, dude, I've been falling apart. I've been falling apart the past few it's years. It's week. <laughs> it's okay. Ah. <laughs> all right, so guys, like I said, the interview with Jason Munns is going to be up on the podcast later tonight in its entirety. So it's going to be a great interview. Look for us on iTunes. Just search for, search for Southern Miss on iTunes. We'll pop up. To the Top Talk with Jamie Arrington, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Subscribe. Give us a rating that helps us out. Share with your friends. Share with any Golden Eagle fans. Uh, if you don't like it, tell your friends. Let's just get the word out. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.